Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, we're finishing up our core series this morning. We've been in this for four weeks. Uh, oh, you know what? I need to pray for. I need to pray for something else. Is that okay? Um, <laughs> Lauren Riddy, Lauren, you know our Lauren is on my preaching team. She is up in North Myrtle Beach. She's preaching this morning at the church that I've told you guys about. We're helping along. And, uh, and so, Lord, we lift Lauren up to you this morning. We pray for her. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would empower her. Uh, I pray for peace and then uh, clarity, Lord, from you. And I pray for great favor there and that, Lord, you would come and make yourself just amazingly famous in the midst of that wonderful church through our friend Lauren this morning in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Praying is okay, huh? It's all right. Well, we're going to end it up today on the E of core. We started out with Christ because he needs to be the core of any authentic church, any Christian church, uh, an authentic follower of Jesus. You know, we have to have at the core of our belief that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Fully God, fully man, but he came and he lived this life. He knows what it's like to walk this earth. Our God knows what it's like. He's not a, so a distant of a God that he doesn't empathize or feel with us. That Jesus came, walked, paid the price. That's the centerpiece the centerpiece of authentic faith. And then we use the O to say offer that an authentic Christian community offers itself to God. For God to spend its resources, to spend its talents, its influence in whatever way benefits the kingdom of God. That if we're going to be like an original, an authentic group of followers of Christ, they always put themselves at the disposal and everything they had to God and said, Lord, here it is. You tell me, you've given me what I have and now show me how to spend it, how to invest it as you give it to me. And then the R, we, we said we forget this many times in that we need a healthy theology of receiving from God. That God wants to give us gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit we've talked about before. God wants to bless us with his love and his acceptance in Jesus Christ. And that in itself sometimes is a very challenging thing because some of us did not grow up with that kind of love. We didn't, we didn't grow up with this acceptance and this love of someone looking at us, much less someone who created us, right? And, and goes, I've known you since you were an idea for me. And I've loved you and chosen you from that very moment on. And I choose you to be mine. And receiving that love of God, being able to receive from God, is a very healthy, authentic Christian thing to do. It's a beautiful thing for us to open our arms up and say, I receive the love of God. Because that's where health begins for us. That's where a lot of emotional healing comes into our lives. And definitely spiritual healing. But even relational healing can happen once we realize that God has offered his great love to us. And so we wanted to develop... Excuse me, a good theology of receiving from God. And today on the E, I want to I end up, and I, this is a word we don't use that often. It's called exalt because we don't use that in, in terms today. We don't go like, I don't go to Tom and God. I really want to exalt you today, Tom. 
Like, I really want to lift you up. Uh, yes, I know. Please do it. Exactly. Uh, we don't use that term. But that term is, it, is used in the scripture or definition of it, depending on your, you know, your version of the scripture that you use. And uh, exalt that any authentic community of Christ has at its core this deep reactor, as it is, of, of wanting to worship God. Wanting to exalt his name. Now, let me just give you a... Exalt means to hold up on high. It means to lift up, to regard, uh, to think about in a specific way, lofty and high, speak highly of. And uh, to extol, to acclaim, to esteem. And an authentic community of Christians, of followers of Jesus, if that's what we intend to be, has to have that as a value. We... We just can't have it as like, well, we sing a few songs. We like, whatever. I don't know where this came from, singing songs. Where were well, you getting ready to find out? And, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, we're going to use we're gonna use that term today. I am and uh, exalt. And, uh, you know, over in Genesis 4.20, you don't have to turn over there. But this always blew my mind because I thought God knows us so well. But over in the very beginning as we get the story of how God... Uh, and how life began here as far as faith and the faith journey. In Genesis 4.20 we have kind of a, a list of the first professions on the face of this planet. And listen to this. Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. Right? Well you got to have that. You got to have a place to stay and you got to have food. So here's one of the first professions. Right? Building homes and raising food. Got to have him. His brother's name was Jubal. Jubal, he was the father of all who what? Played the guitar. <laughs> or mandolin or sitar or whatever, you know, instruments and pipes like the saxophone and, and different. I mean, there's the second profession in the Bible right there. I mean, I love it. Jubilation. You know that term? Jubal, jubilation. Here we go. And then the guy that really got a, he really got, he was sold short on his name here with these three, Tubal Cain, um, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and irons. Iron, you've got to have tools to work with. And so right from the very beginning, we have the three most important professions of which one is making instruments to play music on. Right in the very beginning. So, we're going to read a psalm together this morning. It's in Psalm 90, it's Psalm 96, and we're going to do this together. We get it up here on the screens. And uh, it is one of my longer readings, but you guys are going to read the Bible today. And you're going to be able to say, you know what? I read a psalm, every verse of it today. So, are you ready? Here we go. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. 
Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound. Yes. And all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant. And everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Lord, bless the reading of your word this morning. I pray, God, that you would release in our presence this morning a, a gratefulness, a thankfulness, a spirit of worship, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and help us with this and illuminate your word. Help me in my weakness today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So you have a fill-in on the back side of your handout if you want to flip it over. And um, this will help you track along with this. Uh, so how do we exalt the Lord? How do we? And of course, the first one in our passage today, our text is we sing. We sing. Now, I know there are some among us who go, I don't sing. But we all know that's not true. Because we've passed you in your car going down 17. <laughs> And we have seen you this when no one's around and you sing your heart out. Sing. Psalm 96, 1 through 3. Sing to the Lord a new song. That is like, make something up. Just make something up. And we're going to see how you can make it up in just a minute from this passage. But create something and give it to the Lord. Give it to him. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. How many of us? I don't sing. All the earth. All the earth. The Lord loves to hear your voice. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Sing to the Lord. In Psalm 47, 6 through 7, it's amazing how many times you can say the word sing. But I noticed this. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. <laughs> For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. It's like sing, sing, sing. In Psalm 96 we think, they think that this is a passage of scripture. David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant. It was the presence, it represented the presence of God to Israel. And, uh, and so David is coming back to Jerusalem with the Ark of the Covenant. When this psalm is, was written, they think. They're not sure, but they think. And so he is, he is extolling all of Israel to come on and sing and worship as he brings back the presence of God. It's like as God comes into our city, as God comes into our midst, worship and praise him, all the people. And so um, singing. Uh, do you remember the first time you ever heard a song? Does anybody? See, I remember the first song I heard. This is really going to date me, but I was extremely young. Um, but it was Elvis Presley. I still remember it on the radio. And uh, ain't nothing but a hound dog. And I could, I, you know, I was very, very, like, I mean, super young. But I remember walking by this old wooden radio and hearing it and stopping like this. And then all of a sudden you go, what's happening to me? What's happening? You know, there's just some kind of power in the music. There is something there, right? But there's most likely not anyone in here who hasn't had a song touch them at some point in their life. It is a very powerful, powerful medium of which God has given us. And it's been a part 
of authentic Christian church since time began. Matter of fact, in all of the nations, these, I read that there is not one recorded group of people uh, of which we have recorded groups who did not have music as a part of their community down through history. Every group had music, about, you know. And music, there's a science to music. Of course there is. And I got to give you a little bit of this. Read a couple of quotes to you. The neuroscience of singing shows that when we sing, our neurotransmitters connect in a new and different way. It fires up the right temporal lobe of our brain, releasing endorphins that make us smarter, healthier, happier, and more creative. Man, that's... Sing. Your IQ goes up immediately. I mean, it's great. When we sing with other people, when we sing with other people, this effect is amplified. It's logarithmic in its influence in our lives. When we do it together and not just alone. Get this. Singing in groups triggers the communal release of serotonin and oxytocin. The bonding hormone. It even synchronizes our heartbeats. So when we sing together, there's some chemistry going on in here. Like, and our hearts are starting to, to get into the rhythm together. Together. There's this unifying effect of music when we worship and we sing together. Now, this is no surprise to a lot of us. We're here at the beach. You've got all kinds of places where music's being played. You know the feeling when you walk in a place and there's music being played. Immediately, there's almost this a moment of unity. No matter what's going on, people are pulled into this one moment of energy right there because of the music. And I, you know, God gave this, this as, a, as a gift. Uh, this book says, an infusion of the perfect tranquilizer. The kind that both soothes your nerves and elevates your spirit. Listen to this. Physical benefits. Singing strengthens the immune system. We sing we're healthier, right? The amount of proteins in the immune system and the antibodies and all, it affects that. And get this, the same increases were not observed. This is with choirs, these, science, these tests they did with choirs. With choir members who passively listened. They didn't sing. They were in the group, but they didn't participate. So the health benefits of it didn't help them unless they participated in it. So... Sing, sing. You know, singing is a workout. Singing improves your posture because you tend to stand up straighter when you sing because you want to put air and diaphragm so you can sing and open up your sinuses and sing. You know, singing helps with sleeping. If you snore, it says it'll help you not snore. Some of you are elbowing your friend or spouse and you're going, man, you need to sing more, dude. You're killing me. You're killing me. Oh, Sing. Singing is a natural antidepressant. This, this is coming from an Australian uh, science project that was done. And I'm reading a book also called uh, Your Brain on Music. And it's, it's just an amazing book about all the chemistry and all that goes on. Singing is known to release endorphins, the feel-good brain chemical, immediate sense of pleasure. And get this, regardless of what the singing sounds like, it releases these endorphins. So you think like, you know, I, <laughs> uh, singing, it, it, you know, it improves your mental alertness. I won't go into the science here, even though it's here. Uh, it, singing can widen your circle of friends. Singing boosts your confidence. 
Singing, broad, singing broads, broadens communication skills. That, you know, you sing to your children, like those of us who have kids or grandkids. It said singing to babies helps prepare their brains for language. Uh, music is just as important as teaching reading and writing to a young, at a young age to prevent language problems later in life. So if you enjoy writing your own lyrics, then that helps you communicate better. And I have to tell you, we, we have a grandson who is autistic. And we, have watched, we watched him through his life develop his love for music and his journals, stacks of journals, and he's shown them to us, and he's a young man now, and we have watched how he expresses himself. He is an amazing communicator now. He's so well-spoken in the way he expresses himself, and a, a lot of that came from his love of music at an early age. And, uh, and so music is a gift to us. Now, this scripture in Psalm 96 gives us some help. You're like, I don't know what to sing. Well, number one, we got it on the screen for you, okay, so... You know, that's what you, that's what you can sing. But, but together, listen, and here's a few things that the, the psalm tells us that we can do and sing about. And that is, number one, look at verse two. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Proclaim his, you can sing about the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ in your life. You can, you can sing about it. Make up songs about it. Proclaim. I mean, what has he done? I mean, is that the first thing, like when you roll over in bed in the morning, like, you know, that's one of my, I'm not saying I do it every single day, depending on how quick I get out, but it's like, one of the things I, I always try to remember is, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for your salvation. You know, then you put a little tune in it, thank you for your salvation, Lord. Just put your own, it's your tune to God. Then we put it up on the screens here, and we sing about the glories of God's power to save us. The amazing love of him coming to earth. To save us and to reconcile us to our creator. And when we sing it, something amazing happens to us. Chemically, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually. In every way, somehow we connect with God. And somehow we connect with one another. At a whole different level. And so we sing about salvation. I mean, like right now. Is there anything about Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life that you could sing one verse about? Now, I'm not going to do like I did. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Have you? But think about it for just a moment. If you, took, if you took your hand out and you just scribbled down a few words of the grace and mercies of God for your life. And then just hijack a tune. Hijack one. Just take it from somebody else, right? Take ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> nothing but a great savior. <laughs> I mean, whatever, you know. I think, I think, I mean, the Lord, I think he, he loves it, right? Just take it and make a testimony of God's grace and mercy and his salvation. We sing about his salvation for us, not just for us individually, but we sing it for our community, we sing for our church, we sing for the churches around the world, we sing for what God is doing around the world. We sing because God loves the whole earth and he's at work in it in every way. We sing about salvation, we sing about his deeds, that's your next villain. Declare his glory, his marvelous deeds. That's the things that he has done. 
I'm going to have my grandkids this afternoon. My, my, other, my two sons are running a, a race, and so they're coming over, and I'm going to have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Lord, help me, Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, but you know what? When I pick them up and I look at them, Jesus, thank you for your deeds. Thank you for your awesome handiwork. Every, looking at their fingers, looking at their eyes, looking at every strand of hair. Looking at them and then, thank you for your deeds, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's much to sing about, right? There's much to exalt God about. Thank you for your deeds. Thank you for the way you've moved in our lives. I mean, have you seen God like, suddenly show up in your life in fantastic ways like you were like wow I didn't see that one coming I didn't see God doing that that deed I mean the love of a friend the love of someone who cares for you the affection of someone the Atlantic Ocean every time my toes hit the wet sand thank you for your deeds Lord <laughs> Thank you for the water. Thank you for the way this feels. The way it washes off everything in life for me when I get in it and I paddle out in it. Thank you for his good deeds. The things that he has done. And look at verse 4 through 6. Above all gods. Okay, now David is saying to all the nations around him as he comes back into Jerusalem. Our God is different. Our God is and this is your third fill-in under the first part of uniqueness. And that is our God is unique. He is the one and only. He's the real deal. Above all gods, the gods of the nations are idols. There's no other God like our God. None. The Lord made the heavens and strength and the glory are in his sanctuary. David's making a proclamation to all of the others around him that the God that they are celebrating and the ark as it comes into Jerusalem, the presence that we're worshiping a very unique and the one and only God. So, you know, when you get, if you get a little confused and you get so much information bombarded at you about this faith and that faith and this faith and that faith, and you go back to Jesus Christ and you look and you go, there is none like him. There is none like Jesus Christ. God has come in the flesh. Come and given himself for us to reconcile us. He's the only one. The one and only son of God. That uniqueness of God. We worship. We write songs about him. We extol him. We lift him up. We exalt him. For he is the one and only. The one and only. And as we sing those. As we worship these songs like that. You know, suddenly our faith is just deepened. And, and uh, someone said, it was long ago, some preacher said, show me a church's uh, songs and I'll show you their theology. You know, and that is how deep it goes and what do we hold closely and what do we believe uh, so dearly is in our songs. And as we sing about the uniqueness and the beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ, our faith is deepened. And our confidence in God is broadened. Sing. Sing about salvation. Sing about his deeds. Sing about the uniqueness of God. <clears throat> These are how we sing. And. Uh, yeah, I won't do that. Um, I've got a lot of music stories. I used to play in bar bands up and down the beach here. And. Uh, I got some great stories. But um, music, music has always been a lifeline for me. 
And I mean, music and surfing are, have probably kept me safe through the 60s <laughs> until Jesus could get to me, you know, if it wasn't for those two. And, uh, and so I want to affirm and encourage everyone. You don't have to be a musician to worship. You don't have to know how to play an instrument. You don't even have to know how to sing in tune. You know what usually happens? There are very few tone deaf people. Very few. I mean, some people think they are. Well, I'm tone deaf. I can't sing. But not true. It's very, very, very few. But what happens is when you sing collectively is the group pulls you. It pulls you into a unity. You find yourself going that way, like going in the right direction. Now, that's not just musically, but that's spiritually too. As we all move together, we find ourselves getting caught up in that. And so sing. Sing out. Some of the most, I guess, what's the word? Expressive worshipers I know can't sing <laughs> that well. But man, do they worship. And you know what? I don't think the Lord is going, dude, you suck, man. They're like, whoo, oh, man. Oh, you're killing me up here. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't think he's doing that. Matter of fact, it doesn't say anything about, you know, about the where it is. He just loves to hear our voice. And I do believe that we're, we're helped along and, and that tenor or that tonal differences are pulled together and pulled together as we sing about our great and wonderful Savior together. So sing, church. You've always been a singing church. You've always been. You have from day one that we started this church, you have been a singing church. I mean, one of our philosophies is this band is here to support you. You're the, you're the choir. You're it. You're the choir. We're here to help you sing, sing, sing. And so sing, sing about his salvation, sing about his deeds, sing about his uniqueness. And then look in verses 7 through 10. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his course. In other words, give. Here's another way we extol and we exalt. We give to God. Ascribe means to give to him. Just heap it on him. Heap it on him. Ascribe to him. Glory. Ascribe to him. Give it to him. Just give him praise. Give it to him. Worship the Lord. What do we give? Well, in verse 8 it says, Bring an offering and come into his courts. That is, we, we just received an offering, and that is a part of our worship. That's not a, it's not like uh, some appendage that we add on to the service. Uh, I know that early on, a lot of our vineyard churches and all, we, we, used to, we have a box on the wall too, but we used to only do that. We just put a box on the wall, and we'd say, if you want to give, give, whatever, you know. <laughs> Because people felt like they had been ripped off so many times. And, and that all they heard about was money in church. That we kind of overreacted and went the opposite direction. And nailed a box to the wall and said if you want to give you can give. And of course churches lasted about six months. <laughs> but that's not even the point. The point is it's a part of our worship. It is a celebration of that, let, I like the way Rich Nathan says this, pastor in Columbus. He says, it's like the Lord has, he gives you in your life, you come, he, he's given you $10,000 of things in your life. And then he comes along at times and he goes, and he breaks it down into change. 25 cent, 50, 
a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, fifty, a hundred, a thousand dollars. He breaks it up into these portions. And then during your life, he says, here, offer that. Spend it here. Sometimes it's 25 cent. Would you spend that? Go across the street and talk to your neighbor. Spend that time right now. Spend it. I've given you this time. Here, here's it. Go, go offer this to me and step across the street. Other times it's like time for a thousand dollars. Time to give that. You know, here it is. Spend that. It's some stepping out. And it is our money and it is our time and it is what we have. It is our affections. It is our lives. And he makes us stewards over it to give it to him in whatever way he says give. And so a portion of that in offering and this is an offering of bringing it to the Lord. So, you know, when we celebrate on Sunday mornings as far as our tithes and offerings, it is a worship unto the Lord. It is a celebration. It's not like, can we just get through this? This is painful. No, it's not painful. This is worship. This is saying, Lord, whatever I have, you have given me every bit of it. And here's a portion of what I've set aside for you this week. For the community that I'm a part of. Here it is. And I'm going to give it Lord in worship to you. That is a part of our worship. That's a part of us exalting him. Of saying that this God is our Lord. He tells us and he leads us. And he instructs us in how to live this life. And we love him and we trust him. And here's a part of our worship Lord. We gladly give it. And we rejoice in giving it. Guys get it? Amen. So it's in our offerings. It's also looking verse 9. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Worship. Now, uh, this word worship is, uh, you know, it, it, in the Old Testament, it can mean actually just getting down like this. Now, I know it can be a posture. It can also be the posture of our heart. But I have to tell you, in some ways, there's something very beautiful about us humbling ourselves before God. Now, that's a hard floor, so I get it. I get it. But when we ever have the opportunity to humble ourselves. That word worship can mean to lay out. You know. Prostrate on the floor. Just straight out before him. And I know that a lot of people don't understand the gestures that we have in church. Like I, I forget lifting of hands. I've been doing it for so long. I don't even think about doing it now but I know that some of us were not raised in churches where you did that and you don't know why we do that so you know it's a way of it's a way of surrender one it's a way of extolling it's saying not me but you Lord right and hey they still do these in rock concerts <laughs> you know all of that kind of stuff all right how about the God of all creation how about how about I am willing to humble myself to say it's about you Lord. It's about you. Like not glory to me. Glory to you Lord. To you. To you. To you. And so there is something about our physical posture. And how we offer ourselves to God. We do what we can to offer. To worship him. Actually the word worship here. When it says worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Then it says tremble before him. If you read that in the NIV. You think he's, you're like freaking out right. And I'm sure if God came in. There would be some freaking out probably. Uh, you know, trembling. But what this literally means is dance. 
dance. I would go back to Elvis again. <laughs> you know, going back to the tremble, right? It really means to move, to move. You know, rhythm is not evil. Put your hand over your heart and say, thank God for the rhythm. Right? It's there. Remember when we worship together, it kind of synchronizes our rhythm together as well. So there's ways to express and to say all that I am, God. All that I am is yours. You're God. And I'm not. Worship the Lord. And then in verse 10, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. And that is we use our words. We use our words. You write out. We say words. Uh, So it's offering, worship. And the third feeling is words. Words. Say among the nations. Romans 10, 9 says if we confess with our mouth, right? Believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. Psalm 107, 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. Say it. Speak it. Verbalize it. Say it. And so that's a part of our worship. Now part of exalting God too In the latter part of the psalm is this. This is your last fill in there, number three. And that is, there's a certain expectation that's built into exalting God in our worship. That it it needs to be there in an authentic community, community, Christian community. Uh, And that's expect. And look, in Psalm 96, 11 through 13, let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound. And all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. In other words, let all of nature, right? Let all of creation that you see. One of the reasons we Christians need to care about our environment is because it worships God. In its beauty. We need to care about it. We need to care about it. I don't like paddling through reams of plastic out in the ocean. I don't like having to go over to a, a rock jetty where there are all numbers of plastic and crap draped. And I go over with my knife and I have to sit there and cut all this stuff off to get it out of the ocean so the pristine beauty of the ocean can be taken in and enjoyed. I have to take it in. We're always walking up and down the beach picking trash up and all. We want to care for it because it is a part of God's great glory, a part of his great creation. He created the earth. He loves the earth. We want it to worship him. And so we care for it. We don't worship it. But we care for it. I mean you guys live at the beach right? Don't you love that beautiful ocean. When you walk out there. And see the sun come up right about over there. Right? Yeah. And so there's this expectation. That even nature itself. Is worshiping God. And and will worship. Uh. And so we expect, here's what we expect, a celebration. One day, a great celebration is coming. Part of our worship as a church is just that. We expect that there will be one day this grand finale of all of history coming down to one point when Christ returns. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let all creation rejoice before him. We expect a celebration to come. And when we do it together, it's a little bit of a preview of what's about to, is going to happen one day. When you hear 
this group sing, imagine billions of people singing together one day. When Christ returns on this earth and he puts things to rights and he makes this earth exactly what it's supposed to be and we all sing together. You get a preview of it right now. That expectation. Jeremy, would you guys come on back up? Praise team. Worship team. And uh, verse 13 says, For he comes. The Lord is coming. David, long ago, before Jesus had ever come, David saw, he looked forward, and he said, The day's coming when God will come to this earth. And he celebrated with the coming of the ark, bringing the ark of the covenant back to Jerusalem in that expectation that one day Christ would come. So Christ came and we're, all, we're in this place of flux now when he came the first time, but he, he hasn't come the second time. And so we're in this place. So we still sing, even though he's come, we still sing and expect that second coming. And so our worship has that bit of anticipation and expectation and hope in it. That one day we'll taste what it's like for all of us to be together. Every single believer. Whoever existed. Worshipping our creator and our God. And that's in our worship as well. At, at his coming. So a celebration is coming. And look at this. The last verse. Verse 13. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness. And the people in faithfulness. With all that's going on in our world. And has gone on. And you see all the bias. Prejudice. And horrible action that we've seen on this earth. One day a good judge will come. And he will put things to right on this earth. And all that has been done wrong will be corrected and made right. And in our worship we get a chance to focus on that and celebrate that. And have an expectation of that coming. And pray that it comes now too. To this earth. That we're not waiting. But your kingdom come. Where? On the earth. Now as it is in heaven. Right now. And so we sing that way. In the New Testament, Ephesians 5.19, this is right after Paul exhorted them to be filled with the Spirit. He said, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says it again in Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through how? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. John Wesley and Charles Wesley, I think they wrote 2,500 songs, I think it was, to God. But John said this. This was in 1761. Sing lustily and with good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. But lift up your voice with strength. Be no more afraid of your voice now, nor more ashamed of its being heard than when you sung the songs of Satan. <laughs> Let's stand, folks. Uh. Lord Jesus, we do love you. We thank you for coming to this earth to reconcile us. You paid the ultimate price, Lord. Before you were arrested, you gathered with your friends. You celebrated a meal and you sang a song together. That's what the scripture tells us. And then you went out. 
that before we go out this morning, Lord, we sing a song together. We celebrate. I pray the depths of our worship, the freedom of our songs, Lord, would only increase in the days ahead in this church. I pray you liberate every single person here to sing with all of their heart, Lord, to you. Holy Spirit, come, empower, enable, and release us to do so. Let's sing, y'all. Let's go. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.